like, oh, <laughs> gotta think a little bit here. So, hello everyone, welcome to What, what the, the Hill. I am your host, Dre Hill, and I am the co-host, Heaven Hart. My name is Dre Hill. I am a junior at Drew University, majoring in animation with minors in fine arts and writing. My name is Heaven Hart, and I am a sophomore majoring, double majoring in marketing and management, and I'm also minoring in communications. Me and Dre are both African Americans, and so I guess when uh, we say- Black. We both black. Let's, come on, let's call it spade a spade. We both black. Uh, we're going to segment into- the topics for this first episode. My name is Chris Singleton. I'm an inspirational speaker and professional baseball player. I want schools, universities, and companies everywhere to hear my story of overcoming the unthinkable adversity so that they too can realize that they can overcome whatever life throws at them. I want to teach others to love one another, not based on race, religion, or skin color, just based on their true character. What do you do when the worst of the worst happens? How do you respond when life hits you with something you can never see coming? Okay, so two weeks ago, two weeks ago, Chris Singleton came to Drew University as a part of the Distinguished Lecture Series, in which he gave a talk about love. Give somebody a hug that looks different than you and tell them that you love them. Chris Singleton, for those who don't know, is also an African-American male. Very young, actually. Oh my God, he's 23. What, am, what are we doing with our lives? His central message was, love is stronger than hate. He came and spoke about his personal experiences, and also just how to better bring together people of all races, of all colors, specifically on college campuses. And I think it was really, really something just to hear him speak about his personal experiences, how he overcame struggles, and how he came about going around the world, traveling, and giving this message of love being stronger than hate. It was really powerful. Yeah, so I've been uh, professionally speaking for the last three and a half years. Played professional baseball, drafted by the Cubs. But, you know, truly, I think my mission is to bring black people, white people, Mexican, Asian, you know, Muslims, Christians, all together. Um, the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because my, mo- my mother was murdered in a race-related shooting back in 2015. And, and after that, kind of made it my mission of my life to make sure people unite. It doesn't matter where they're from or what country they live in to this day, or even what language they speak. I really want people to, to unite together and live in harmony. Yeah, I agree. It, uh, it was definitely moving, and I think that you could feel that kind of energy in the entire auditorium from the moment that Chris walked onto the stage to the moment that he concluded his final little presentation and we concluded the uh, question and answer period. It was it was a sight to behold, and Heaven and I actually got to sit down with Chris and uh, kind of talk to him a little bit about his presentation, but also just um, some things that were on our mind in regards to Drew University and just the world at large. My question is, what would you suggest that jury could do to better, I guess, integrate international students? I think if they already have that organization for the international students, um, I think that's big. That's the first step in doing that, just so they can feel more comfortable, like you said, getting here a little bit earlier. Also think you need to not only isolate that group, but put that group with other groups, different groups coming together so they could say, instead of just, this is my set clique that I hang out with the whole four years I'm here, you can have a bunch of different other groups as well, hanging out with each other and then that easily uh, allow them to feel more included. Definitely just want to say extraordinary man. And he was so nice to give us the opportunity to make time out of his busy schedule, knowing that he had a speech that he was going to give to middle and high schoolers just a few hours later. Do we have more middle schoolers or high schoolers here? Middle school, I'm thinking. Uh, first, you have your middle school. 
to sit down with us and let us interview him. And we really asked him advice on how Drew University can better integrate one another, whether it's international students or students of color, and getting them more involved on campus. Well, me personally, I believe if there's some scholarships in place for minorities to come to this university, that could easily allow more African-Americans to come. Um, I know uh, when I was in college, there were different scholarships that you had for to be as a minority. My wife as well, coming from Brazil. So it's easily stuff like that. If, you, if they say, hey, we'll give you an extra $5,000 to come to school here, that's going to make me say, I'm going to probably look into it, you know, and especially if you come from a background where you're scrambling for money for college is kind of tough. So I think by offering different scholarships could easily help boost the recruitment of different different demographics in the school. We, we talked about how to get students involved and better integrated, especially in a place like Springfield, Missouri, where diversity is not necessarily scarce, but is not as abundant as places that I think Heaven and I both are familiar with. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, and Heaven is from Kansas City. And I think both of those places are by far much more diverse um, and I think just kind of culturally integrated. Yeah, I think if you have like school-wide events, um, I know it's tough to make stuff mandatory, but if you have school-wide events with your student activities board or whatever that may be, and you deliberately go out of your way to make sure that these different groups are coming together at this specific event. Maybe you market it to the international students, you market it to the white students on campus, whatever it may be, but you literally go out of your way to make sure that these students over here and these students over here um, are both having a great time at this event. I think if, like, if you put on enough events like that, then you'll see outside of the events, those students will continue to hang out and, and be friends as the year goes on. He had a quote this saying that he said, 10% of your life is... What happens to you? Action, I feel like. And then the other 90% is reaction. And I think what he said was the incident that happened with his mother, which was the shooting that happened in Charleston at the church. Mother Emmanuel, Amy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The shooter was a white male who specifically stated that his purpose of going in and shooting those African-Americans in that church were to start a race war. Like, it was out of hatred for black people for whatever reason, whether it's taught to him, whatever the case may be. And that was his 10%. And his 90% was like, all right, I'm going to forgive. He said that he forgave this man less than 48 hours after the shooting. I think that forgiveness is, is strength. It's a lot of courage. It's um, putting yourself first. Um, and a lot of times we we think of forgiveness as letting the other person off the hook. And, and now we're going to you know, sulk in our feelings. But whenever we forgive somebody, that empowers us to go about our everyday lives as if we don't have to constantly think about the thing that hurt us so much or even forgiving ourselves for what we've done in the past. Now, I don't know if I would have the strength to do it. Listen, the Lord has been testing me. That's where I would have been because that, first of all, that is that is such a difficult situation to kind of like envision, like to put yourself in like my brother, sister, mother, father, somebody went to church and someone came into church specifically with like the goal to shoot them up. So that way we would er erupt into riots and fights and like hate each other. Like that's that's a lot to swallow. I think ideally we all like to think that like the best version of ourselves would be able to do something like that. But in a situation like that, we're not the best version of ourselves. We are broken and, and low and hurting. I think part of what 
Chris said is that, you know, forgiveness is a little bit about healing, but also healing takes time. And it's unfortunate that, you know, people see forgiveness and, and, you know, kind of that whole process of self-healing by not necessarily letting go, but l- releasing the burden of, of the, the anger and resentment. I feel like we as young adults can get mad over the most silliest of things. We can hold a grudge because somebody stole $10 from us, whatever the case may be. And Chris Singleton was able to forgive the man who took his mother's life in less than 48 hours. Mm. Rewind that. Some of y'all need to hear that again, okay? Y'all get petty and catty and will stop talking to your friend for two years because they winked at your boyfriend or girlfriend. But this young man lost his mother and within 48 hours forgave the killer. I am one of them people who will hold grudges over some petty stuff. I don't know how I would have forgiven someone for taking any one of my family members' lives. I, I don't know. Would have took a lot of Jesus, a lot of prayer, a lot of family. Yeah, I mean, if you're a believer, then you um, you look at Jesus' example of forgiveness. And if we want to live like Jesus and be more like Jesus, then we have to learn to forgive one another and ourselves. If we truly want to speak about it in biblical terms, I know that's super easy to say but hard to live. And that's a lot of stuff. It's easy to say and hard to live, but um, the hardest things to do are usually things that turn out to be the best for us. He relied on family. He realized that, you know, he couldn't do everything and he couldn't do it all alone. His teammates. Yes. And he also relied on, on counseling and his religion. I think the biggest thing, I just want to kind of reiterate what, what Chris said. I think at the end of the day, we just have to realize that love is stronger than hate. Forgiveness is not something to be held against you. It's a part of the healing process. And seek counseling, because y'all know some of y'all need it. I'm just going to say that. Ain't nothing wrong with some counseling. Y'all going and chit-chatting with your friends, trying to spill the tea, all that. It's cool and all, but sometimes you need someone, not saying that you can't trust your friends or whatever, but you need counselors confidential, okay? Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Because you know your friends is opinionated. All my friends are opinionated. And sometimes you just need to talk to somebody who's not opinionated, and they're just there to listen to whatever you got going on. So go to counseling. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Period. Love is stronger than hate. Forgive, go to counseling. My website is thechrissingleton.com, so T-H-E chrissingleton.com. Um, social media is csingleton underscore two for Twitter, Instagram. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Our next segment for today's episode is keeping in that same vein. Heaven and I traveled down to the uh, Springfield downtown square in order to look at a commemorative marker for three young men that were lynched in uh, Springfield in 1906. And I just, I think we want to just kind of give our own thoughts and opinions on that. Heaven? Yeah, I actually didn't know that this marker was in downtown Springfield. In one of my classes, the situation was brought up, and me being the only African-American in the class, I, I don't like to speak too much on matters because I like to sit back and listen to other people's opinions on such things. And few people were, were saying that, why have the marker up? We are past that now. Springfield as a community is past that now. This doesn't need to be posted up saying this is this has happened. This is Springfield history, whatever the case may be, which was interesting because, OK, it kind of irritates me because like, OK, it happened and you just want to move on. No, it happened and it needs to be remembered that it happened. So we know Springfield as a community knows that this is a place where we don't need to go to again. So yes, it might be shameful. It might be embarrassing. It might be whatever, but it's there so you don't forget that that happened and that it doesn't need to happen again. Those who forget are doomed to repeat. And I think that, yeah, like Heaven said, if we we sweep that under the rug, then we might slip back 
to that place or even even further down that dark line and it might be worse next time and yeah it may not be pretty it might be a little dark ink blot on the kind of slate that is springfield but let's be honest where are you gonna go that is just straight up perfect ain't ain't no problems i'm talking none we talking like angel white like jesus's robes okay you ain't gonna you ain't gonna find that anywhere not on this earth okay so it happened let's commemorate it let's make sure that we're working towards a better future and we're always putting our best foots forwards and and pushing to have the more difficult conversations about things like race religion sexuality stuff like that but let's let's not sweep issues that are ongoing under the rug yeah it happened but bigger things are happening in this country all the time botham jean atiana jefferson chris singleton's mother not even four years ago i mean things like this are happening all the time and it gets worse and and we talk about it we we march we we shout we try and appeal to you know senators and and lawmakers but until things get better the only thing that we can do is is try and put our best foot forward and continue to have this conversation and continue to get uncomfortable because where are we going to make progress and i find it a struggle to just educate people calmly and just because okay for instance specifically someone said that okay i understand them putting it up you know after it happened so that the families wouldn't be complaining or whatever and they feel like that the springfield community had to do something about it but now that no one is alive from that time anymore like it doesn't need to be and i just if someone hung your family member you just want that to be forgotten you you and i'm and how much you want to bet i'm not i'm don't quote me because i don't know that them the people who the white men who hung those african-american boys probably got away with it i mean it was a different time back then when it happened it was how to get away with the murder step one be white step two be a man that was that's history okay that's that's, that's history that time period it was how to get away with being uh, how to get away with murder you, you be white and you be a man or you be a woman that accuses a black person of of some something and then a man will take care of it people people got beat and jailed for for worse for sitting on buses and for protesting for equal rights so i don't i don't think that's a stretch by any leap of the imagination having you touch on something they they wanted to to forgive and forget type of situation they just want to move on well no one has moved on from the Emmett Till memorial that's been shot up like two or three times like they've had to take that thing down and replace it multiple times because it keeps getting shot up and now they've had to install a, a bulletproof kind of casing around it to protect it from shooting and my thing is if y'all wanted us as African Americans like as a as a race as, as a people to forgive and forget why do y'all keep messing with like what what, what is what is the reason Cardi B voice what is the reason because y'all don't understand by continuing to destroy shoot it up or you keep bringing attention to it you know what i mean and i don't understand for the people who say like racism is no longer a thing and that's why i like having these talks and these conversations to let people know that it's definitely still present maybe not as in your face as it was then well, i don't know you uh, know social media and the bold. news and stuff it really helps with that but um i just yeah uh. I haven't done the whole arm, body, head shirt thing. She Like I said, it, it's so hard for me not to get so emotional about it. Because the nerve of people. I'm just going to leave it at that. The nerve of people. I think for me, it's exhausting to try and communicate. Be- because in order to educate, you have to communicate. You have to conversate. You have to have an op- uh, open mind. It's so, I don't, I don't even take the time out of my day to try to argue with someone who is closed-minded. It's pointless. It's a waste of time. And they're going to believe what they're going to believe. Like, you can't force someone to believe that what you're saying is true. Now, I really do appreciate the people out there who are open-minded to learning and, and trying to understand the the problems that we face as African-Americans or not even that, just like Hispanic people right now. 
and the Trump building the wall trying to keep these people out. But it's a whole, it's just a mess. It's a mess. I'm glad you brought Trump up because I wanted to talk about him, okay? Make America great again. First of all, win. Win in history. Second of all, I think that America has been its greatest when people of all races, religion, sexual orientations come together for the greater good of their fellow man. Let's look at 9-11. It didn't matter who you were. You came together, not only in that particular community in New York, but people came together because they were like, what is happening to our nation? What is going on? We came together unified as one body. And it is in moments like that in, in Charleston when when Chris Singleton got that community together, black, white, Hispanic, women, children, mother, father, whoever, when we came together like that, when we come together like that, that is when America is at its greatest. This racial divide through tactics of, of wordplay and and baiting and, and calling people things that you things that you're taught. That's not even things that you might necessarily believe. It's things that you're just taught and it's ingrained in you and you never formulated your own opinions. Take a take a step back, step out of out of that pre-described role that you've been living in your whole life and and approach someone and in an entirely different way. I want to circle back to Chris a little bit. At the beginning of each of his presentations, he does this thing where he says, Hug somebody that looks different than you and tell them I love you. And I think if we had that kind of attitude and mindset moving forward in life regardless of who you are, what you identify as, what you look like, if we if we approach every kind of social encounter with strangers like that, I think then we'd be starting to make America great again. Vote Dre Hill. Again? A great, great, great again, great, great, again? great period. Okay. I, I just, I was keeping with the slogan. Like okay. that was strong slogan. I, right. I'm, 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 I'm stealing it. It's mine now. Well, it's just not true. The statement ain't true. Again, when? Well, I, I covered that already, but okay. yeah. But you just said it and I felt the well, need to be like. I was, following. okay, well. <laughs> I right, I'm gonna head out. This has been the first episode of What the Hill. As always, I'm your host, Dre Hill. Your co-host, Heaven Hart. Thank you for listening.